Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Every Wednesday in the second hour of the program, we look forward to Mark Halpern being here. Mark Halpern is the writer of the Wide World of News Daily Newsletter. I'm a paid subscriber. You should be today a special day because Mark is not only here to deliver political insights, but also he's en route to kindergarten. I yearn for those days. I, uh, I, I'm envious, I guess is what I mean to say. It's actually today's orientation for parents. Tomorrow is the first day of kindergarten, but I feel all nervous and a flutter in my tummy. As I <laughs> Good for you. I, you know, I know our parents told us, oh, these days they fly by, but they were right. They were right. It's it, the blink of an eye. Enjoy it, my friend. Thank you. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. We had, we had a, a, a break in play date over the weekend, so I'm feeling a little <laughs> bit less nervous with one of the new classmates. So today is a very deep dive into Ron DeSantis, which I greatly appreciated. Here's one line that'll get us started. Quote, no one in either party in modern history has had a better two-year invisible primary run than Ron DeSantis, with the possible exception of Barack Obama in 2006 and seven. You still think Donald Trump will run and that Trump will be the nominee, but this is the person poised if he doesn't. What an incredible story. Again, I'm not here, as you know, but I'll remind all the listeners, I'm not here to praise Ron DeSantis or say his policies are great. But just as someone who follows and, and appreciates great political performance, you know, three years ago, Ron DeSantis could have walked into CPAC and nobody would have recognized him. Three years ago, he could have walked down the street of Miami Beach and no one would have paid much attention to him. And and now here he is. Uh, well, three years may be an exaggeration in Florida because uh, he did get elected governor. But my point is he was unknown on the national stage. And now he is the consensus by any metric, objective or subjective you can find. He is the consensus, most likely Republican nominee. Some say even more likely than Trump. And certainly, I don't think you could find anybody who'd say he's not the second most likely after Trump. And that's an incredible feat to, to go from a big platform, governor of Florida, to this is just phenomenal. And I break down a little bit of why, of why and how that's happened in Wide World of News. But I still think there's more. I think there's more to what's happened than has been reported so far. The bio, you, you in blurb form, you give us 19 details of DeSantis's bio. What do you take away from that? 
I've heard from so many of my readers already this morning who, who are very politically sophisticated folks, some, some I know, and I know how long they've been involved with politics, who said, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. It just, just it, you know, part of what politics is about, if you're trying to create a narrative to run for president, is what's the arc of your life story? And this is a guy with a blue-collar background, played baseball at Yale, in the military, um, extraordinary career as a teacher for a year, just he did extraordinary things just biographically that if he does run for president will clearly be part of how they cast him as someone who is not a blue blood, not someone who was born, you know, at the highest levels of, of American society in a way that, again, just just take away the party affiliation is, is going to be helpful to him on the national stage. And as I said, very few people know about his bio. Very few people know about just the combination of military career and Ivy League pedigree. That's, that's powerful in politics, even even in an age when things are different. And he's also a very young guy. I, I had one mistake in the newsletter, which I need to go correct on the web, which is he would not be the youngest Republican president ever. He'd be the youngest Republican elected president ever. Um, Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt, was younger when, uh, younger when he assumed the presidency. But he's also a very young guy with a very young family. And this is a time when you look at the political leadership in both parties, Biden, uh, uh, Clinton, Trump, Pelosi, McConnell, they're, they're from a different generation than Ron DeSantis. And again, that's another appealing aspect for a lot of people. Very similar to Barack Obama, who's, who's two-year run into his invisible primary when he went from campaigning for folks in that midterm in, in 2006, uh, after he'd just been elected as a senator, to, um, or as he, you know, as he was running to, in, in six, four and six, to, um, to you know, challenging a, a front-runner for the nomination. Very similar to what DeSantis has pulled off so far. I have a recollection that I should have looked up before we began the conversation of Chris Christie setting a Senate election. I think it was a special Senate election and deliberately made sure that it didn't coincide with his own gubernatorial race. I want to say that Cory Booker was going to be running and Christie wanted to be able to distinguish himself from the pack and run up the score to set himself up to run for president. I'll fact check this after I'm finished chatting with Mark Halpern. In this race, you talk about the campaign he's running against Charlie Crist. You also make some observations about his television buy and the type of commercial he's running. Talk to me about how his campaign for governor fits into the bigger picture. Right. So I think you're right about the Christie thing, but let's let's have you check it for sure. Um, so the most the, the closest analog to, to what I see happening with with uh, DeSantis in Florida is Bush, George H. George W. Bush in, in Texas in '98. He was running for election and very self consciously. And Christie's another example ran up the score, not just the popular vote margin, but to show through the exit poll support among suburban voters, Hispanic voters, Black voters, Asian voters the kind of coalition that Republican candidates don't always build. They more rely on white voters and older voters. And, 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 and you look at the DeSantis ads so far, they have largely not been featuring Ron DeSantis. They've been featuring Florida voters, although I'm not sure if they're actors or actual Florida voters. But the point is, they're testimonials from folks. And you see in this new ad, and again, as I say in the newsletter, I don't, I don't particularly like when pundits or analysts say, that's a great ad because it's only a great ad if it actually moves voters. And there's no way to know just from watching it on YouTube whether it's going to actually move voters. But I will say I find these the Santa's ads so far to be very, very well made from a production point of view. And I know a bit about television production. He's got an unprecedented amount of money to spend on them. He's barely spent any of it. He's got over 100 million, maybe well over 100 million left to spend. And so if you combine 
extraordinary amounts of spending with very well-made ads to run, not just on television, but on social media, you're likely to see him have a good chance to run up the score. And and the ad itself, the content, there's, there's an appeal to Hispanic voters, suburban voters, younger voters. He brags in the ad about, uh, you know, has voters talk about raising teacher pay and protecting the Florida environment. Two things he did before is run onto the national stage, primarily through the pandemic, that he was criticized for. Raising teacher pay and, and, and spending money to protect the Florida environment was criticized by some Republicans in Tallahassee and in Florida who said, this guy's too moderate. And, you know, it, it, now it's laughable to think anybody's going to say Ron DeSantis is too moderate. And yet there those two claims are, those two boasts are in this new ad where he's saying, I'm for increasing teacher pay. I'm for spending money to protect Florida's environment. Those are positions that, that I think if he does run for president, you'll hear more about. And they, and they show the potential for people to see a kind of a more complex, a more three-dimensional version of what Ron DeSantis is about than the caricature and the reality that he's presented since the pandemic began, which is of, you know, the candidate from Fox News. Quote, there are too many cautionary stories out there, including some from folks who know DeSantis well about his personality and treatment of many around him to believe he is a flawless rocket ship who will hurdle unmolested to the 2024 nomination. What's the baggage? What's the downside? So this is a little O. Henry twist that I've embedded in the piece that, in fact, if you if you want my honest opinion, I don't think he'll be the nominee, even if Trump isn't. Because of this one flaw, what? I hear. Wait a minute! Wait, yep. You're, you're, you're yeah. giving me the DeSantis pitch. No, I've been I've been through this with you before. When I say on paper where we are today, this is what I think is 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 the reality. But projecting forward, I believe the single flaw will keep him from being the nominee. That's my gut. I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up by the nominee. And as I make the case today in the newsletter, he's he's overwhelmingly the favorite uh, besides Trump. Overwhelmingly, but. This inability to treat people well, and I hear, I hear it all the time. Not a week goes, goes by when someone, including people who've known him for a long time, will say, you won't believe what just happened. They didn't return a call. He was two hours late. He was dismissive. He, he, was, he, was, he was brusque. Um, you know, there are plenty of people in the world, men and women, in and out of politics, who have that reputation and who have a well-earned reputation that way. I don't believe president and maybe even major party nominee is one of the jobs that you can get if you treat people that way. Just don't, I just think there's a human element to it. Doesn't matter how much money you raise or how, how aggressive you are in a press conference or how much you bash Disney. If you treat people badly, I think it is, it is in my experience, an absolute barrier to getting the nomination of a party. Now there are people I know who've gotten the nominations who have, have that tendency that way. But what I hear is is less a tendency than this is his mode of operation. And I'll say again, there are few things that, that singularly can stop someone. I believe that is one. Now, are the stories I'm, I'm hearing unrepresentative? Possible, although I've heard a lot, again, including people who are, who've been very close to him. Could it be that, that he has so many other traits that are, that are positive in terms of winning the nomination that he can overcome that one flaw? Maybe. But, but my, my spidey sense says that in the end, he is who he is, and part of who he is is someone who does not have the personal skills to navigate winning a major party nomination or the presidency. 
I'm taking notes now in the margin of my printed out copy of the wide world of news. I've written three things. One, Trump most likely. Two, DeSantis well-poised hyphen stellar bio. Three, but personal flaw will preclude. Well, well, I think we'll probably preclude. You know, I'm trying to caveat it, and I'm not trying to be wishy-washy or, or you know, uh, hedge for the sake of hedging to protect myself. I'm trying to convey to you and the listeners and my readers today where I think things stand, which is he's had the best two-year run, with the exception probably of Barack Obama, of the invisible primary, this phase before the actual primaries and caucuses start, where he's gone from somebody unknown on the national stage to someone deep in the hearts and minds of Republican voters— and some some other voters, at least in Florida, uh, but but I, I think of I think because of the way he is able to operate as governor of Florida and as a gubernatorial candidate, he's not facing the kind of kick the tires thing that's going to happen at the Iowa State Fair, at a New Hampshire living room, uh, and a debate stage with very very skilled fellow Republicans. I just think I just think I, it remains to be seen whether his personality is going to wear well and. You look at the personalities of folks who win the nominations, not always, but usually, and the personalities of people who get elected president, and they don't match up with what I hear repeatedly from insiders about Ron DeSantis. Does he keep his own counsel? Is there a team around him that has national reputation and experience? There's a couple people around him with national reputation and experience, although they're not of the prominence of a Carl Rove or a David Plouffe, but there's a couple, one in particular who's been who's worked with a lot of governors. The main advisor he has is his wife. I've not met her. I've been in the room, same room with her. Uh, she is, by all accounts, his, his most important advisor, a very shrewd political strategist, very protective, as spouses are, of the public image of, of her husband. Uh, and, uh, and he is his own, along with his wife, top political advisor. And you saw that with a lot of our recent presidents, which is to say, I would argue that Donald Trump, Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, and to a lesser extent George Bush, but but still to some extent, were their own campaign managers. And they could have been campaign managers. You know, Barack Obama liked to say he was a better speechwriter than a speechwriter, a better political strategist than his political strategist. And there's there's a lot of truth to that, very talented. Any of those people could have been a campaign manager. And Ron DeSantis certainly could be. If Ron DeSantis were not a quote-unquote principal, the, the candidate himself, the office holder, he could be the campaign manager for a presidential campaign with no doubt. He understands all aspects of politics in a way that few people do. And sometimes that works out well. It worked out well for Bill Clinton, for sure. Sometimes, you know, the candidate gets a little too enmeshed in, uh, in the micro details and it causes a problem. But he doesn't have the sizable team around him the way the way others have in, had in the past. Trump more like Trump. He's got a lot of people he knows who have opinions about politics. But in terms of an expert team, you know, the best pollster, the best at this, the best that, I confess I don't know who's making his ads. I keep asking people and, and, and haven't gotten a reply. But he, he clearly has, between his wife and himself and the team around him, he clearly has the ability to run a first-class gubernatorial operation, both governance and campaign. Does he have the, the horses to run a presidential besides himself and a few others? I don't know, but I don't think he'll have any any um, uh, uh, problem attracting talent. One thing he did do is he had a bunch of governors and a few gubernatorial candidates like Sarah Huckabee Sanders to Florida and introduced them to some of his team, including his, some of his donors. He, he He's aware of the need to build around him. 
And and if he does decide to run for president, I think he'll be able to do that in a big hurry, in part because of his record as a as a as a racehorse and also his fundraising ability. You know, he'll, he'll be able to attract that talent because folks will know that there's a pile of money there that they can dig into. Mark, final question. What's the dynamic, as you know it, between Trump and DeSantis now? Um, it's it's on the surface. As I understand it, it's OK. Trump's top advisor now, Susie Wiles, had a worked for the DeSantis's and had a big falling out with them. And so her role in this, she's a very shrewd technician who mostly stays behind the scenes. She would have been a, a key part of any DeSantis presidential run. She played a very major role in helping Donald Trump get elected in 2016 in Florida. Um, and so her presence is part of the, the mosaic of the answer to your question. They've seen each other. I know they were at at least one wedding together at Mar-a-Lago, but Trump is clearly uh, resentful might be too strong a word, but Trump is very sophisticated about politics. He knows full well everything I wrote in Wide World of News about about the rise of DeSantis. And so there's some tetchiness between them. I think Trump would like to see a big field because that'll help him, not too big. And he does. I don't think he would like to see DeSantis in it, but I also think he has confidence he would beat him. I don't really know. I don't know DeSantis at all. I've talked to him twice. I don't know what DeSantis thinks of Trump in terms of him as a leader of the party. I, I think from talking to people around DeSantis that he wouldn't he won't try to challenge Trump, but there are people who disagree with my view on that. But it's things between them are not lovey dovey. I would say that. Great food for thought. Enjoy orientation and first day tomorrow and thank you for your report as always. All right, awesome. I'll send some pictures. Michael, thank you. Please Have do. a great day. Mark Halpern, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Halpern from the wide world of news. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. You can make money the hard way becoming a bullfighter or save money the easy way with Xfinity Mobile. It sure beats making money as a human cannonball. Now through March 21st, learn how existing Xfinity customers can get a free line of unlimited intro for a year when they buy one unlimited line. That's hundreds of dollars in savings on your wireless bill. Visit XfinityMobile.com today. Restrictions apply. Xfinity Mobile requires Xfinity Internet. Reduced speeds after 20 gigabytes of usage per line. Data thresholds may vary. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. 
Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Mark Halpern from the wide world of news. He says Donald Trump remains most likely to be the nominee of the Republican Party. But, number two, it's Ron DeSantis, who is best poised. He's got a stellar bio. You might disagree with the politics, but take a look at the 19 bio items that Mark lists in today's newsletter. However, there are those personal characteristics. Quote, there are too many cautionary stories out there, including some from folks who know DeSantis well about his personality and treatment of many around him, to believe that he's a flawless rocket ship who will hurdle unmolested to the 2024 nomination. Can we have a Ron DeSantis-centric conversation, please? Ray is in North Carolina. Ray, we are talking about Ron DeSantis. We are talking about 2024 on the heels of Mark Halpern's observations. What did you want to say? Well, I I look at him as the front runner, but, be, uh, you know, be aware that Nikki Haley is back there in the background. And, you know, she has a lot of she has a lot of push because, one, she hasn't offended anybody. She's very knowledgeable. She could re- unite the Republican Party. And she's a big contrast. She's upset the Roe v. Wade blowback the Republicans are getting, being a woman. And not only that, but, uh, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that uh, I forgot my last point. But those are some of the points I'd like to, I, I'd like to make. And uh, I think she'd be a formidable for no other reason than I, the contrast that Biden were to run, the contrast in age. I see I see her as a good number two. I, do, I don't think that she engenders the kind of passion that would be necessary to displace DeSantis. I mean, I, well, I agree yeah, with I mean, it. I agree he, with it the way Mark laid it out. He, it's it's kind of teed up for him. He's so been able to distance himself from everybody else who's a, a would be suitor for that position. Well, do you think, and let me just ask you a question, I'll let you go. Go but, ahead. I mean, don't you think he has a problem with being kind of a, 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 a as a Trump kind of a, a, not a clone, but he's kind of, I don't know, he, he he's extreme. What do you think about that? I mean, that's the way in which he's going to be characterized from from the left. But I I think he's probably Trump without some of the baggage at this stage. Mike, you're in New York. Greetings. Thinking what today? I really think it's a big deal. We have an age restriction in the United States. You have to be 35 to be president of the United States. Is there a point in time where it's time to set a maximum age? 75 years old is the latest you can, oldest you could be to run, let's say. Um, And that would be um, self-regulating in the sense of even a 73-year-old would only get one term then. And maybe that sounds extreme, and I know people say, well, you can have someone who's 75 or 80, and I'm older myself. It's such a relative thing, you know? I mean, Trump... Sure. Trump is Trump is old and people don't really talk about his age, certainly not in the way that they talk about it with Biden, which is just proof of the fact that, you know, 75 or 77 is not the same on everybody. No, and I agree, but I think that it's enough the same. I mean, I do agree with you, but I think that a little bit when we talk, to, I'm, this is going to get me in trouble, but, you know, when you say, well, the guy's really sharp and he's but it's still just not the same as Ron DeSantis. Yeah. You know, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But 
I'm just saying that I think we get almost ridiculous. There's 330 million Americans, and we're going to have an octogenarian and somebody very close to it in 20. Listen, every every time I buy something online and it asks for my my birth date and I have to scroll the wheel. Do you know, TC, what I'm it's talking not, about? Scrolling right. the yes. wheel. I, I, and I am like, holy crap. I gotta go. 1971 is just lower and lower. I gotta go all the way back to 1962. <laughs> Ron DeSantis is only going back to 1978. I know. It's, 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 it's like, it's like that, that moment when you looked at a Playboy centerfold and she was suddenly, she was suddenly younger than you were. You're like, oh God, this is, this is unseemly now. That. Yeah, and Ron DeSantis, I feel the same way about DeSantis, <laughs> born in 1978. Great uh, comparison there. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. Anne-Marie, greetings in California. On Ron DeSantis, you are thinking what today? Yes, I agree with Mr. Halperin, and I um, think he's a bully. And there was a clip on the news where he turned around, and there were young boys on a stage with him, um, and he bullied this kid to take off his mask. It turns out later on the kid had a, a immune concern for himself and and then just the way he treats the lgbtq i don't think america or florida wants to see us go back and have their relatives denigrated i mean now the people the the blue hairs playing bridge can talk openly about their children's wedding and um you know so I think he's a bully. I think it's. I, for, come I out. forget how Mark said it. He he said, "Look, and when you're running for this, when you're running for this office, you've got to." He didn't say be a decent person at your core. No, I don't remember what his word choice was. I'm sure many will say, "Well, what about Trump? What about Trump?" Um, but when you look well, at sort I, of the I modern, his... <laughs> if I think of the modern era, which for me is eighty forward, so I think of Reagan and I think of Bush forty one, mm-hmm. and I think of of Clinton. Uh, and I think of W and I think of uh, Obama. Let me just stop right there. Anybody with a real edge to them so far? No, no. Right. I mean, no, yeah. nobody with a real edge in, in, no. in that cat. Yeah. But with regard to yeah. DeSantis, I mean, Trump was quote, a boy. Tr- yeah, Trump definitely is. His personality and treatment of many around him, says Mark Halpern, is uh, is going to 
interrupt that flawless rocket ship that will hurdle him unmolested to the 2024 nomination. Anne-Marie, see ya. Thank you so much. Appreciate your time. Sylvia, greetings in New Jersey. Hi, Michael. You know, hey. Michael, I just love you. I love I love you. I love your music. I love your callers. Most of the it time. It sounds like there's a however coming. Yes. For my God, it's like you really are all over this Ron DeSantis. The guy, like that woman said, he's a, a, a bully. And Mark Halpern even said he doesn't think he can make it. You know, I, what kind of personality must be a real monster? Additionally, you know, the fact I've told you before, you know, he made his name in the Freedom Caucus with uh, Jim Jordan. You know, that's how he got that gig as governor. He's an anti-vaxxer. He actually had a commercial where his children were building a wall with those, you know, cardboard. I remember. Yeah, I think wearing Trump T-shirts. Michael, you're all about what unites us, not what divides us. His whole shtick, despite... But like it's not going to but it's not going to stop me from having the conversation because I I agree with the way Mark summarized it. Donald Trump is the most likely Republican nominee as we sit here. DeSantis is the best position of any of the alternatives. He's got he's got a bio that on paper is very impressive and then there's the issue of this perception of a personality flaw. I think that's 100% accurate the way that Mark wrote it in the newsletter today. But, Michael, you always talk about interesting things, not like the punditry exclusively and stuff. And you could, um, like, talk about some other people. I mean, I'm all engaged when you have, like, your lawyer friend who, you know, laid down with Trump and got up with fleas, and I was sad for him, you know, whatever. And you think <laughs> other candidates look interesting. That's your that's your stick. That's what makes you great, you know? And no, no, no. You're being too kind. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by the guy. I agree with Mark that he's, he's the intangible for Donald Trump. And because he de- – thank you, Sylvia. And because he dedicated his, his newsletter to him today, like today is, the, today is the day to talk about it. Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.